It's part two of our double header on Recruiting Hell, tackling one of the biggest challenges job seekers face. What the heck do I ask my interviewer in that dreaded, do you have any questions for us, phase of the interview? Again, you might feel you've had a good conversation, that you don't have a ton of questions, but making sure that you have a quality set of questions prepped after and before the interview can make the difference between getting hired and getting that rejection email. In episode 30 of Recruiting Hell, we'll take a look at the questions you should be asking interviewers and recruiters before you sit down at that interview table. It's all here on Recruiting Hell, where we know job hunting sucks. Hello, and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. Last time you tuned into this show, we talked about the questions to ask after the interview and how you can make yourself a more appealing candidate by being prepared to not only get additional information for your own job search, but also double check that the company you're interviewing at is a right fit for you. You have to remember, interviews are a two-way street. Now that being said, welcome to episode 30 of Recruiting Hell, and unlike most two-parters, I do think it's fine to listen to this episode as a standalone rather than after its twin brother. Questions to be asked before an interview is a topic that really isn't talked about or maybe even thought about too much because the after interview questions are so much more prevalent and maybe much more famous of those two twins, if you will. And the actions you take when you go to an interview can not only help you tackle the actual task of interviewing better, but they also make some of those post-interview questions go even smoother when you combine them with research that you've done on your target company. We're going to tackle three different types of questions you can ask a recruiter or hiring manager to help guide your interview in a positive direction and give you some insight into what you should look forward to, a bit of recon, if you will, for your potential interview. The first are the logistical questions, but it's more than the what, where, when. That's all going to be sent to you by a recruiter as long as they have half a brain. And whether that's an e-invite or an in-person interview, that's generally all set up for you. But one of the most important questions that job seekers miss out on asking a potential hiring manager is who will I be interviewing with? Now, this serves multiple purposes. The first of which is that if you're talking to your interviewer right now, you have the advantage of leaving them with an excellent feeling from your phone call. So make sure that you're using your name and you're adding that touch of enthusiasm for actually meeting them in person to your voice. I'd say turn on the charm, but I don't want you to overdo it. And honestly, that might actually put them off you a bit. But having a genuine interest and enthusiasm come through in your voice is definitely something to practice. Continuing with the concept of who you're interviewing with, we're also going to use this question to find out how many people will be in this interview so we can potentially practice and prepare for a panel interview. Oftentimes, companies can do a panel interview to impose sort of a power dynamic on the interviewee from a perspective of having multiple people in this gives us not only the, the power plus, but having multiple opinions allows us to also interview people faster and get all that put together in a, a compact time frame. However, in my opinion, this simply tends to just intimidate applicants, and it's that intimidation that you're looking to fight by asking this question. There's nothing worse than going to an interview and having two, three, four, five other people 
roll up and jump into that interview with you when you were expecting maybe just one person to have a conversation with. It's a little bit unfair if you ask me. So by asking who will be interviewing you, and of course getting their names first and last, you've opened up yourself to a great little task of researching your interviewers ahead of time. This not only gives you insight into how they communicate, but by looking them up on social media and LinkedIn and other methods, you can also begin to take notes on how best to relate to them. And after all, the whole goal of an interview is to relate to the hiring team as best as possible so they want to recognize you as one of their own. Now, while your interviewer should provide you with the location of the interview, it also always pays to double-check this as well. This seems simple, and you don't have to be terribly specific, but if you're familiar with the business or the area that they're in, you can simply confirm the location with a quick, and this is going to be at your address on West Oakland Street, right? Yes, of course. I mentioned this specifically as I've had the dubious honor of actually botching this in my career, and it's a, it's a bit of a story time, so you can learn from my mistake. You've probably heard me talk very frequently about one of my past jobs uh, working for an Inc. 5000 company and how it was one of the best employment opportunities, if not the best employment opportunity I've ever had. I'm so thankful to this day for the skills and the people that I met at this company, and I still keep in contact with a really good number of them. As I was getting hired there, though, I made a mistake. And now keep in mind, this was literally seven years ago this week from when this was being recorded. And it's really weird how time flies because I can remember this so vividly. At the time, I was working at the Milwaukee YMCA as desk staff. And that, unfortunately, being paid a little over minimum wage was, was not really sitting well with me. I have to make sure that I tell you, though, the Y is an excellent organization, but its pay and hours left a lot to be desired. So I decided to apply for a job in customer service at an organization up in Jackson, Wisconsin. Now, I was very hopeful for this new opportunity and the chance to make $14 an hour, which was more than I had ever made in my career by a country mile. So I prepped for this interview hard. I practiced. I rehearsed my answers. I updated my resume. I printed multiple copies. I laid out my clothing to change into after my work shift on the day of the interview. I packed my car with everything I could possibly need to engage in an interview. Pens, pads of paper, folders, letters of recommendation, you name it. I just jammed it all in, all in the car. I went all out for this because, honestly, I was sick and tired of being a college-educated guy making $8.20 an hour and getting up at 3.30 in the morning to drive almost an hour to work. I was just done with it. So fast forward to the day of the interview. Everything at work that day went perfectly, and I left my current job with an hour to spare to get to my intended destination, which was only about 15 or 20 minutes away. So I arrived at the place of business that was delineated out on Google Maps. It had the company sign, it had the matching logo, and I sat the few minutes in the parking lot rehearsing a few other interview answers. And at 12.20, I get out of my car to go into the building for my interview. When I reach the front door, I pull on the handle, and it doesn't budge. Okay, no biggie. Maybe it's a secured building. I knock. I wait. No answer. The thought occurs to me that it's the day before Thanksgiving. And it's possible that this employer is kind enough to give its team the day off. And that HR is here to simply conduct some interviews on a day when things are normally buttoned up. That's possible. Maybe not likely. I peer into the heavily tinted windows of the front office. 
and the place looks like it's being moved into or moved out of. And I'm thinking to myself, have I been scammed? Maybe. But just in case, just in case, I should check out that email on my brand new smartphone that I had just got. I think that was a Galaxy S1, which is, there wasn't even an S2 thought of. So I go and I open up my email and I scroll to the bottom where I know the address was listed as Northwest Passage in Jackson, Wisconsin. And I look a little closer. There's a PS. Hey, Rob, we just moved to our new headquarters up the road in West Bend this week. We'll see you there. Oh, crap. I am at their old building, and it's 1227. West Bend is another 15 minutes away, and my interview is in three minutes. What do I do? Well, step one is to get on that phone and to call the HR department of that thing company, which I did. The call was not picked up. The advice here, though, is to leave a message and be sure to tell them what time it is that you are calling at. Time stamping your message, even if a phone carrier does not, is so important to tracking your integrity with an interviewer if you wind up in this situation. Step two, I got in the car and I drove like hell to a town I'd never been to before. Now, thankfully, West Bend is fairly easy to navigate, and I arrived at the front door of the new office at 12.39 p.m. I ran up to the door and my phone immediately rings on my hip as I reach for the door handle. It's the company HR manager, and she's wondering where I am. I wave at her through the front glass door, and she lets me in to do the interview, which despite being late, frazzled, stressed, and wearing a mismatched suit, don't pick your pinstripe patterns in low light, folks, I crushed the interview, and I got the job. Now, I told you that story as a means to show you what can happen if you don't double-check the address of where you're headed. It's a bit of an extreme example, and it did work out for the best, but I would hate for you to not know how to best prepare it and, of course, fix it if it does happen to you. The remaining questions, what, why, and when, are probably best glossed over for now, and obviously, we're heading there for an interview. There will be a date and time provided. Though, in this day and age, do be aware if it's a virtual interview and if there's a time zone difference. In the same way you check a physical address, Checking a time zone goes exceptionally easily. Hey, Jim, I'm double checking. You guys are headquartered in San Francisco, right? That's two hours behind me here in Milwaukee. Then, of course, figure out the time differential from there. Make sure that you're setting your alarms or whatever kind of things are triggering you to go to this interview for the appropriate time. Now, so far, these pre-interview questions have helped us dodge or prepare for, rather, the panel interview. Uh, they've helped us dodge the wrong address and, of course, Dodge showing up at the wrong time. What other questions should we be asking our recruiter or interviewer before we sit down for the big conversation? One of the next big ones is a great way to hopefully get your interviewer to kind of tip their hand a little bit. Ask them what specifically made your resume stand out to them. Why your resume out of all the others? Don't belabor the point. Just see if they'll give you one or two little snippets as to what made you pop. Getting enough of these, and you'll be able to start to compile and, of course, do track what these are. Keep these in a spreadsheet. When you get enough of these, you're going to be able to start to compile what the types of jobs you're actually applying to are looking for in a resume. 
So not only is this a great way to sneak a little bit of feedback, which is so precious, but you can also use it to keep tailoring your resume. You know that these words worked and made it through an ATS system most likely. So it's likely they may do so again. Next, ask about the actual interview process. When you're doing this, you want to be assumptive, but not overconfident. Being assumptive is best described as the following. It's the practice of trying to sell something by acting as though the person you are trying to sell it to has already decided to buy it. Assumptive selling assumes that a person wants to buy. It's like a salesman saying to you, if you're looking at a vehicle on a car lot, so do you want the red one or the green one? He's being assumptive that you want to buy a car today. He's prompting that to say, you know, I want the green one and making, uh, making that sale with you. Now, again, you want to assume that you're going to make it through multiple, if not all rounds of interviewing and having the interviewer giving you a roadmap is going to be a great way to help steer you through the process as well. can help you prepare in advance. The next question you're going to want to ask is one that should make them absolutely salivate to bring you into the interview. Ask them what you can do or prepare for them for the interview. Now here at Recruiting Hell, we are very cautious, very cautious to encourage our listeners to work for free. There are acceptable times to do so, and as long as the request from a prospective employer does not involve an inordinate amount of time or effort on your part, doing a small emphasis on small project to prep for an interview can be acceptable. Bear in mind, however, that there are companies out there that do abuse this ask of applicants, and they may even try to appropriate some of your work for their business operations. Be sure to protect yourself from this by keeping all of your work or as much as you can with you when you leave that interview. We'll definitely talk more about this topic in the future as test projects are common in many industries, but protecting yourself from being abused by a company who would use your test project for their own benefit without hiring you is incredibly important. Now I'm thinking about this as a future episode too and saying, I might know the exact guest for this to, to bring on down the road. We'll have to revisit that. Now, the last question is no doubt going to be the most controversial one of this episode because we've been conditioned, at least in America, to not ask about this. The compensation question. Now, you're going in your head, hold up. We don't talk about pay in the first interview. You're right. You don't. But this is before the interview, and you're going to ask that HR person or recruiter one simple question that's going to make sure this is a position you should indeed be looking at. We teased this in the last episode. The question you should ask is about what the company's expected pay range is for this position. Now, this is phrased in a very particular and specific way because you don't want to give away what you're willing to take as a salary. The goal of this question is to help both you and the company not waste time. So what you'll want to ask in your pre-interview call is, hey, Jim, I'm uh, just wondering, what is the compensation range for this position? And leave it at that. Remember, this is something of a sales conversation. And the first person to talk after making the ask in a sale is on the back foot. Now, the recruiter should reply with a range, maybe say $15 to $20 an hour, depending on experience. 
And that should be plenty of information for you to say, you know what, that sounds good. That's what my research showed. You may have a recruiter that declines to give you a range to which you need to make the statement that you have to know a range to be able to understand if taking this job is going to be able to make ends meet for you. If they're still not willing to give you a range after making that statement, it's probably simply best to tell them that you're going to withdraw your application now, thank them for calling, and tell them to have a great day. Say goodbye and hang up that phone. It takes a bit of courage on your part, so be sure to execute it well. And don't be afraid, because remember, if this company isn't willing to be upfront with you about the one thing, probably even the most important thing that comes from your relationship of being in employed by somebody, is that relationship even worth starting if they're not going to be honest with you out of the gate? The questions you're asking your hiring manager before the interview, they aren't meant to be rude. They're meant to make sure that you have the clarity to show up and perform the best you can. And of course, to make sure that the interview process is a quality exchange of time for both parties involved. Now, there is one other response that an HR manager or a hiring recruiter could give you when it comes to a job payment range, and that could be a low offer. And it's not necessarily meaning they're lowballing you. It's not necessarily that, but it's different than what you found the position pays from your research. Let's pretend, again, back to the $15 to $20 an hour customer service position. Say it's here in Milwaukee where I'm from. If I'm looking at all of the jobs across the Milwaukee metro area, and I'm seeing that range of, you know, $15 to $20 an hour for customer service representative positions, and I find a, a company that hasn't posted a salary range, but they tell me in a pre-interview, yes, this pays $8 to $12 an hour, I have to ask some questions of them. I have to say, hey, Jim, why does this position pay differently from what appears to be similar positions uh, in this same market? And this is where they may have a legit reason for this. And of course, we don't necessarily assume that they're trying to be cheap or trying to lowball you. It may be an email-based customer service position. No, you know, no phone skills, no uh, logging things in uh, in a customer relationship management tool. It might just be, here's an email, reply to the email. Here's an email, reply to the email. So there may be reduced uh, responsibilities for that. And that's okay. There are some jobs out there that, again, don't have to have a ton of responsibility. And, of course, pay tends to lead uh, to responsibility and vice versa, if you will. So give them an opportunity to explain it. But, again, don't be afraid that if it's something where they're asking you to be a world-class customer service representative for 8 to $12 an hour, probably got to look at one of those other companies just because they're not they're not treating you uh, with the the respect you deserve by giving you a fair wage. So we're going to pause for there folks and like last episode drop us your favorite pre or post interview questions that you also ask to hiring managers uh, whether that's through our website or through an email to us at the recruiting help podcast gmail.com you can also put them on whatever social media platform they choose. As long as they are logical and sound questions I'll be glad to read them and credit you on the show which is a lot of fun. So closing out the show for this week, remember you can find all things Recruiting Hell at RecruitingHell.com. That's Recruiting-Hell.com. You can grab our free guide, Six Things to End Your Job Hunt for Good. And of course, folks who subscribe to that also get subscribed to our weekly newsletter, which has the exclusive articles that I put together every single week to help people with their job hunt. It's a lot of fun, and I'm really, again, thankful to everybody who's decided to grab that so far. As we close out, a few reminders for your job hunt. 
you deserve to find a career opportunity that makes the most of who you are with the talents you were given. You deserve to know about and be protected from jobs and employers that would take advantage of you. Asking for help in your job hunt is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness, and your willingness to seek help in your job hunt is ultimately going to pay off for you. You have the discipline and motivation to succeed in this task. You can escape recruiting hell. And of course, you're welcome at this table to learn new skills to help you win your job hunt. As I said last time, the new year brings a ton of new challenges. Uh, Hiring hopefully picking up here after the holiday season. And we're going to do everything we can here at Recruiting Help to help you rise to the occasion. We are not taking a holiday break. We are making sure that there's even more content, more things to help you with your job search over this time of year where you may have some additional free time. For more from the show, you can find our blog, our social media accounts, show notes, links to T Public, and of course our Patreon page at recruiting-hell.com. It all helps support the show and it helps support your job hunt as well as others. As always, a big thank you to Purple Planet for our theme music and, of course, you, the listener, for tuning in. I'm Rob Conlon, and until we meet again, keep moving forward with your self-betterment and your job hunt. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace.